Well, we've gone from Belfast to DC and now to the mountain town of Ojai, California, as the On The Way podcast continues journeying around the Northern Hemisphere, sharing conversations with some of our favourite thinkers and speakers about this weird mystery we're all in. Uh, And why Ojai? Because it is the new hometown of today's guest, a, a man who probably could be described many ways over the years, but most fitting now would be to say contemporary artist and sci-fi novelist Rob Bell joins the podcast. Rob, thank you so much for having me here in Ojai. That's funny. <laughs> it's an accurate description, isn't it? That fits these days. I haven't really read sci-fi, so yeah, okay. I'll just trust you. Well, you've written it. You have written sci-fi. There we go. <laughs> um, Where'd You Park Your Spaceship is the, the novel. It's, a, as, as you describe it, an interplanetary tale of love, loss, and bread. Um, I kind of want to chat today about how you found yourself living in Ojai with a 545-page sci-fi novel uh, under, under your name, because I think it can be a bit of a guide to all of us about how to find the way forward. But first off, I know a lot of mm. our listeners have followed your work for a long time, so I feel like to begin with, I just want to ask, how are you doing? How are you, Rob? Good. Yeah. I mean, look where we are. It's winter here. Look how beautiful it is. It is stunning. Yeah. I can see why Ojai's appealed to you. It's got such a sort of a magnetic draw to it. Yeah, a lot of people feel that way. Yeah, yeah. And some people visit and are like, huh. They, they have a saying here. They say that it, it hides from people. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Like that, and they have also have a saying, it, uh, Ojai spits people out. Okay. Isn't that fascinating? <laughs> it's got like a local lore yeah. of sorts. Well, a friend of mine, a uh, wise old friend, he lived here for many years, uh, a number of decades ago. He was the priest in the area, actually, back oh, wow. in like, the 70s or the 80s. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's told me, he's told me, Ojai, he left Ojai, but Ojai's never left him, was his line about it. So. Oh, fascinating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. It, it does something. Yeah. It, yeah. Gets, it gets in you, or in it, and it's in you, and yeah. Well, Rob, I loved the novel. It's uh, a bit of a it's a bit of a battered up copy now. I've been taking it around the world, finishing uh, it with me on on numerous flights. But it's uh, it is so you. It is so Rob in so many ways, and um, <laughs> and it's just a it's just a, a riveting read. You just it's one of those ones where I'd find myself doing other things during the day, and so badly just want to drop that and get back to the book to see what was uh, where was the story was going next and. I want to ask you today, I want to have this conversation because this has been what's been on my mind a lot at the moment, how we as humans find the way forward, how we yeah. Yeah. kind of discern what it is that's going on inside of us yeah. and know, do we go left, do we go right? Because I think every human at every stage of life is wrestling with that big question. What's next? How do I move into what's next? And you, maybe more than anyone I know, has sort of taken those big jumps, those big risks a number of times now, sort of almost blown up one life to step into the next. Yeah. Um, and yeah. How have you done it is my first question. How do you, how do you, have you found the courage to do that? Well, you're pointing, you're pointing out something that's happening at a larger human level for so many people in the previous arrangement of things. For so many people, uh, the conditioning and structure and programming and culture taught people to farm out their intuition. Hmm. You, you trust somebody else's knowing yeah. Yeah. Um, or somebody else's interpretation or somebody else's definition or somebody else's idea about fill in the blank success, friends, 
uh, winning, um, goodness, mm. right, wrong. Also, and so for so many people, there was a template. You think about education, you think about business, you think about art, you think about uh, religion. Like this is the way that it's done. Yeah. And um, this is why in so many ways right now, women, God, that sounds so general, but I feel so true. <laughs> it, it is so true. Are leading yeah, because of yeah. a sense of like, for so many years, somebody was like, uh, this is, we got this. And the deep knowing was like, no, I actually think it's about to go off the cliff. No, no, no. Somebody, generally a man, often a white man, was like, no, mm -mm, we got this. And they're like, mm, okay, but it seems like the wheels are going to come off. Then the wheels come off. Yeah. And then there's like a, an anger. There's a frustration. There's a betrayal. But there's also like a, okay, this knowing within me that saw that, 37 years ago, 17 years ago. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Is I'm it, it, I, almost like I was right, but in, in, in the most sacred, humble, selfless ego death sort of way. Like, oh wait, there's some deeper knowing. Um, and so you're seeing so many people in so many ways. Like these, these two days that I do here in Ojai once a month where people come sit on the trees with me is essentially just two days of people, of, watching others and then yourself learning to listen to the deep knowing and and we actually need others to hold up mirrors to help us with this so this is like well then everybody just doesn't run off and makes up their own world. no that's why you actually have human community is we hold up mirrors for each other so that we can listen to our own sense so for me i just kept getting in enough pain starting in my <laughs> early on I was just in enough pain because I was doing it how the thing around me defined it. And it was like killing me. Yeah, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't. I mean, I remember, oh God, this is like 19 robs ago. I mean, I remember, <laughs> I mean, years ago I, I was a pastor and I remember starting out as a pastor. And so then when, whenever you, you enter into some new space, you, you want to hang out with people who do that architects moms whatever it is like where's the space that people like talk shop or whatever do you know what i mean yes yep. but i remember so sort of going into pastor world at the time i was like my 20s and noticing a, a number of people i interacted with if i listened very carefully to what they were saying they were like my job is to say a certain number of things that everybody in their tribe had already agreed were the things they were paid to repeat things <laughs> You know, it was like, it was like, it was like repetition was the job. Just say yeah, this yeah, stuff. Yeah. And then what I often, what I kept noticing is how a person would say to me, you know, and they would say, I, I was traveling or somebody gave me this book or I had this experience, almost like a, I was extracted from it. Sometimes through pain, sometimes through physical uh, illness, whatever it was, there would be like that there's this thing that happened to me that was so real mm. or I, I, a whole new like space opened up and it's like lighting me up it's like showing me a whole different way and then they would say but I can't share that I couldn't say that um, in my like job I couldn't stand up with a microphone and tell these people who pay me to say these things actually 
uh, I think we, we need to rethink this entire whatever. Mm. So I just kept noticing, oh, I can't do that. <laughs> so go, yeah. So the answer to your question is early on the pain of, I can't, like I'm, it wasn't, it certainly didn't feel like courage. It felt like pain <laughs> of, I can't pretend, I can't like just be a mouthpiece. There's some thing that I'm following, and uh, I happen to have a partner now for 30 years who she's, I always say she's always been a step ahead, but there was some listening we were doing, and oftentimes we couldn't even describe very articulately what it was we were following, just some sense. So you could use big, broad words like expansion or mystery although those those can have limitations even words like that but and then you just re, just kept rearranging our lives around it and you all it always raises and then the next the great artist robert irwin talks about pursuing a line of inquiry your life is a series of you have these questions and you're following then you get answers i would say like you play it out and you're like okay like you're going around the world you're playing that out awesome I imagine you'll go around the world for a while and then at some point return somewhere. Mm. You probably won't be, the next day be like, I think I'm going to go back around the world. <laughs> You're like, I know what that's like. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? That there's just scratched. There's something that is scratched. Yeah. And uh, it always brings up money and what people will think and fear and mm. doubt and the, the voice in your shoulder telling you you're create like there's a so after a while instead of fighting you just notice oh that's the pattern okay what are we giving up what are we gonna go without what are we uh, it doesn't any words like risk don't even after a while it just becomes you don't even use you don't use words like courage or risk or bravery because sure it would be riskier to keep repeating you know what i mean oh, so that's 100%. part of what you're yes. asking is the thing that is like oh that just becomes you just start to see it's all like a giant video game and that's just part of it <laughs> and that's why that. absurdity yeah. that's why absurdity is actually the door in so the, like the you think about the i'm trying like if you go on app the, those little short things on instagram with all these people like here's the latest neuroscience from Stanford. You got to go pull plunge. You got to get up at 4 a.m. You got to grind when other people aren't grinding because then you'll like all that, like um, <laughs> all that, like serious, very rigid ego structure. I'm a winner thing. That's fine. I guess it's, a, it's developmentally, that's fine. But at some point you push into the absurdity of it. Yeah. Like even like you're going around the world having conversations. Yeah. You, you're in on the joke of that, which is, actually how you get to the the interesting stuff and it's interesting something i've noticed recently i don't know if it's a saying in america but in australia people often say when something bad happens you get stuck in traffic you get a big bill people go well that's life that's sort of the response is that a thing here people go oh, that's life is that a thing <laughs> i don't know sure, but, sure like a resigned yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of well i noticed a couple of years ago people only ever say that's life about bad things which like <laughs> oh right right <laughs> reveals right. Yeah. this inbuilt almost cynical perspective. So my my little playful thing lately, I've started saying when people say, hey, I fell in love, I go, that's life. Or, oh, oh, right. Oh, that's good. That's good. Because <laughs> cause the way you're, that's interesting. You're pointing out there's an energetic undertone of resignation. Yes, yes. Which is different than reconciliation. So yeah. 
Yeah, you're right. Like, oh, that's life has like a, it has a resignation and its undertone is actually a very subtle um, passivity and disempowerment. Yes. This thing happens to you and you're, you're kind of hosed. And why and, would you expect any better? And like in reconciliation, like has like a peacemaking. Yeah. Incredibly irritating, tragic, violent stuff happens. And at some level you make peace with the abyss of it. It doesn't mean you like it. It just means, yeah, yeah. And you've just lived long enough to know something. Who knows what will come out of even that? So Yeah. And, and that's the we'll whole... just keep our eyes open. The idea of re-enchanting the universe a little yeah. bit. That, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. grieve. We'll weep. We'll protest. Yeah. We'll march. Whatever. And we'll also... We've just seen enough to know who knows what will come out of this. It, it seems there's often... There is, and I know you're, you've, you speak really interestingly about risk, that every decision is risk. There's the risk of doing the thing and the <laughs> yeah, risk right. of not doing it's the It's risk thing. in every direction, so let's just get over that. <laughs> right, exactly. So people say, for example, I want to confess my feelings to this person. I want to write that book. I want to try for that job, but it's too risky. But the, the risk the other way of not doing it is the, in, I, I, I've come to think it's probably the bigger risk, isn't it? The risk of not following that call. Well, if it, is, if it is, then... Now we act. Yeah. It may actually be genuine, like the the risk of like, well, you might lose a bunch of money. Sometimes that's like, good point. Thanks. <laughs> Sometimes that's a good point. Sure. Other times that's like, yeah, you're right. I might. Okay. Like, depends. Mm. Um, like, I, like, to my fears, I often speak directly to my fears and I just say, I know. I know. <laughs> Like, thank you for doing your job. Yeah. If fears are your friend. You integrate them. You don't get rid of them. Like, thank you. You're right. That could, that could be really costly on a number of levels. Good. Thanks. Noted. Uh, and sometimes that's like noted and we're doing it. And other times it's like, yeah, good point. I'll wait. So how do you, how do you tell the difference? How do you figure out? Because I think that's the question everyone's facing in, in some way right now is, yeah. is something's emerging in them about Absolutely. the way forward and Absolutely. they don't know, do I follow it or do I not? That Figuring that out is such hard work or it feels like hard uh, work. Because uh, for most people, the entire modern world is so stuck in its head. And so the assumption is you'll think it through. You'll do pros and cons. You'll weigh it, you'll, which is fine. That's nice. But you can see so many people are learning to be in their bodies. So you're hearing phrases like embodiment, incarnation. And what that is is letting the mind serve something larger than itself. Mm. I mean, obviously, the Tao Te Ching, the Zen traditions, obviously there's a number of traditions that begin with being in your body and see the helpfulness and the utter absurdity of much of what goes on in the mind. Um, so I, I'll think of an example. Oh, I, I was talking to a friend, this was two years ago, and he was trying to decide between two corporations that had offered him very profitable work. And he's a, uh, he has a bizarre sense of humor, like a world-class level bizarre sense of humor. And he was offered, these two corporations offered work for him, and he was trying to decide between which one. And I was watching him, and he wanted to talk it through, and I was watching him trying to weigh them, and any time he'd start to like sort of swing towards the one, then he'd start making the case for the other. And what was so interesting is, and he was frustrated, because he couldn't just, it wasn't clear. But then you begin to realize, 
oh, oh, no, no, no. He's grieving that he's even making, doing this with his life. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually grief. The body wants to grieve. Sure. That it's yeah. come down to trying to decide between these two things when there's a whole world of other things that is actually what he wants to be doing. Hmm. But because of a series of choices, he's well, got to make a bunch of money, got to keep up a stick, got to... So the body actually just wants to grieve. This isn't what we want to be doing. Mm. But the mind is like, no, 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 no. Uh, there's another reason why this company might be the one to go with. It, the, the mind just keeps chattering, but a deep breath and sinking into the body, and right there the clarity is, oh my God, I just spent 27 minutes weighing the pros and cons. Like the ability. So in some senses, when you talk about like heightened consciousness is not... How's, what's the best way to play the game? It's the drone shot that goes, oh my God, do I even want to be playing this game? Sure, sure. So, so those are yeah. often the breakthroughs. Often the breakthroughs in a person's life is when they're like, is it this or like yours? Is it this or is it this? Is it this or is it this? And then the moment of oh, is, oh wait, do I even, <laughs> I'm just trying to like tweak and play better a game. Do I even want to be playing this game? Can you opt out though? Yeah. Can you play a different game? <laughs> That's, that's why we're here. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's the, I mean, that's the juice right there. Yeah. Right. 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 You're like right now you got a mic set up here in a room at the art center in Ojai traveling around the world, having conversations. So yeah. at some point I assume you come from a world where they were like, Oh, this is Dom. This is how we do it. And you, I would imagine that you at some level were like, Hmm. I actually think I'm going to go around the world and have conversations. Well, I do remember. <laughs> all I wanted to do was be a, a comedian growing up. And I remember the amount of conversations about the backup. What's your backup? You know, if it doesn't work, what are you going to do? <laughs> What's the, the safety net? Mm -hmm. And so I did a, um, when I went to uni first, I, I did a business degree was part of my studies. And I was in the second week of that business degree, sitting in an accountancy class. And I just, I burst out laughing. Yeah. And the teacher looked at me, the, the tutor looked at me and, and said, what's wrong? And I, I just said, oh, I think I need to leave. And yeah. I walked out and I dropped the course that day. And, and I <laughs> sort of had this moment of laughing to myself thinking, why the hell did I think, I don't want to do numbers. <sighs> That's not me. Oh. How did I end up in that room? The backup. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it is, and it's interesting because safety and, and security and comfort, these things seem to... They're, they're very tempting or they, they seem to have a grip on us, you know, stay yeah, between yeah, yeah, the yeah. lines. And that's you know? fine. That's fine. Like a roof is nice. Yes, it is. Having some way to get where you need to go. Yeah. So it's important not to make them villains. It's just to hold them in a particular way. Yeah. I they often it. sort themselves out in really interesting ways. There's a magic to how they sort themselves out when we're clear in other, on other larger things happening in us i i'm thinking at the moment about a, a friend of mine who a, an older friend who a bunch of years ago he um got into a relationship that became his marriage and um they had a very happy life a together relationship <laughs> that became his marriage <laughs> that that's poetic isn't it that fits but he uh he told me that early on there was a bit of controversy to the start of their relationship and and he said for a year this thing was like knocking on his heart but he kept trying to talk himself out of it because in his words, he intuited the cost. He intuited the cost. And so he kept saying no. And, and eventually this thing that had called to him, they both stepped into it and had a 50 year wonderful marriage um, until she passed away. But, but there's this, this sense in it that, that it's like 
sometimes we do intuit the cost that the way forward's going to have to it. Mm-hmm. And, and we end up in these mental games where we're trying to talk ourselves out of it, trying to say, well, I've got a, the salary I'm at's pretty good or, you know, people think quite well of me at the moment and if I go and do that, they might not. You know, that, 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 that sense in which we become our own worst critic or our own worst um, enemy in terms of talking ourselves out of what feels like it's, it's calling us forward. Do you notice that at play in yourself still or, or do you feel like you've... Uh, You've been able to make peace with that that part of you that goes, what are we doing, Rob? What are you thinking? Uh, I, for me, it's just a long process of enjoying the unknowing. Like, I have no idea. Just not knowing is, is as important as knowing. Say, so, I don't know. Well, no. Well, a clean mind, a clear mind, a quiet mind, and then you're just listening. And then when there's something to move with or something to do, you're just trusting that that will be clear. Sure. And you are learning that there isn't like you could lose, actually you lose the idea of failure. And we'll try that. Even ideas like, well, what if it work doesn't work? What What do you mean by that? Mm. Like, so so there's a rubber thing. Rubbery is that a word? <laughs> Just a lot of the very rigid ways that people evaluate. Well, it might not be successful. What do you mean? I mean, most of the things that happened to me that I learned the most from, someone somewhere would describe them as the least successful. So a lot of things get jumbled. And that's, I imagine, a number of your listeners. The way that it works is these very rigid templates that are very quick to go right, wrong, good, bad, winning, losing, success, failure, Mm. start to uh, even, and then another layer down, purpose, meaning, the point of it, they they just sort of, collapse in on each other even like uh someone would say like uh what's the question oh um how do like what's the meaning of life or something um and i might respond uh having an experience in which that is no longer a question you have (laughs) Yes. Or perhaps like you think about, yes. yes. Uh, well, how do you find your purpose? Well, I have no idea, but the one way you wouldn't find it is looking for it. Yeah. That would be the one way not to find it. Like you, your purpose is <laughs> like the whole category. You just notice there's a number of categories that just begin to dissolve. Mm-hmm. Um, so think about, uh, just think about great art film books that have moved you. Is that the person's, like, well, this is my, if the person was like, well, that's my purpose. Ew. It, notice how it ruins it. Mm. Um, mm. You're listening to something far deeper. And you're moving in some ways, in ways that you can, you can explain it and you can't. So like, so you're going, so you're very like present question that lots of people are asking is how do you discern like the risk not risk move not move 
um, at some level, the knowing and unknowing are moving together. So you're going around the world. You could tell us, and you also have no idea. Yeah, yeah. Like, like the listeners to your podcast, think about how many of the things that we love the most. I can kind of explain why. <laughs> and there's also a large degree. Why'd you fall in love with that person? And if someone's like, well, he's six foot one and he's from <laughs> Brisbane. Notice, notice if somebody were to give a reason, they can kind of give a reason. There's what almost 8 billion people on the planet. Yeah. So, so, or the person who's like, why are you a... Uh, school teacher well my parents were school teachers not an explanation lots of people's parents are school teachers um or, or the person who runs a recovery clinic well i went through recovery so that's i want to help people who were i once was great that's an explanation it's also not lots of people have gone through recovery and don't run recovery centers mm. you, you see what i mean yes. so that so this knowing not knowing clarity and i have no idea i'm pulled towards that it tugs on my sleeve that's what that's why image metaphor story parable are so helpful yes uh, why why are you why am i no high yeah uh i can rattle off my daughter's reasons my wife's reasons my reasons and every one of them you'd be like there are towns with good waves there are towns with mountains there are towns with us that are beautiful there are like you could just you know what I mean? You could counter mm. all of it, and yet you also move in certain ways. Such a such a more playful way to live, isn't it? So much more playful. You leave behind so many categories that leave people all bound up about, well, what if we move there and we hate it? Mm. Oh, well, then I guess you move again. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> sure, sure. Like sure. the whole thing is just way more bendy and pliable than, you know. I remember than, yeah. than anybody first realized. I remember a few years ago having this moment of thinking <laughs> I've, I'd grown up thinking there were happy lives and sad lives or good lives and bad lives. And, you know, you always wanted to be on the right side of the ledger. Yeah, yeah right. And all those distinctions are sort of folded away, except maybe one now, which is I think there are maybe more open lives and more closed lives. Yes. Maybe that's the true distinction. Uh, and lives that. Like, I, I have tremendous sadness deep in my bones right now. I have euphoria about a number of things. I have a deep abiding ache about a number of things in my life and in the world. And I also have anticipation and delight about what I'm up to. I'm sad. I'm happy. I'm depressed. I'm euphoric. Like... This is the human experience. It all sits side by side. Yeah. So I love how you said it, but like open or closed. You could also uh, expansive or contracting, able to allow all of it to sit side by side mm. at the same time and no need to resolve it or repress it or numb it. You just feel it. Like this book, I'm... I start writing this, that, where'd you park your spaceship? It, this was the fall of 2021. It is, I had thought that I'd made a number of things over the years. I thought that I had participated in the creative whatever process, but it was like, you know, nothing Rob Bell. I mean, it, it was, 
the story and this whole world and oh my god this is book one wait the book and normally i'd written some other books that were like two hours in the morning of writing and then i was like oh god can i go out and play mm. you know it was just work um and this was like some other thing and i remember thinking no publisher will touch this like hey my new book's called where'd you park your spaceship it's about the planet furtis like uh that's not a rob bell book Funny, because I'm Rob Bell. I just already, I could already hear the conversations. Like, no one wants this book. Um, and I, I remember it was, I would like be like convulsively crying during certain scenes and not knowing why that I was typing. Other times I would be laughing and like so thrilled with, with what I had just, con what it had just sort of been conjured up in front of me on the screen. Mm. Um, and thinking, I've never had an experience of making something like this. Um, no one may ever read it. No one may care but me. Um, I'd rather do this than anything. Um, I don't actually want to do the stuff I used to do. I really don't want to do that anymore. I, I want to do that. I want to make these worlds. And I'd written some plays, so I'd had some experience where I was like, but I, but like when I did those, I was like almost like, okay, now I have to get back to the thing I do. Mm. So like the permission giving. And then when you're like a professional permission giver, like you go around the world giving people permission to have to like Rob Bell myself. It was like so, not humbling, but yeah, 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 humbling, but something way past humbling. Like it was just taking apart me. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like what even is a person? What is it? I was like, wait, am I gonna like, and then we had been talking about moving. Am I gonna move? and like do this a whole different thing <laughs> than I used to do. Okay, can you do, I'm the person going around telling people you can do that. I, you know what I mean? So yeah, all yeah. of the sort of, no one knows how it works. <laughs> it's just that leaning it in in a sense, isn't it? It's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's fascinating to me thinking about how much we're all terrified of, Yeah. what are they gonna think if I did that? I, I just did a podcast with um, James Hollis, the Jungian analyst, and. He told me that in his, I think his late 30s, he had this tenured position as a professor and everything in him just wanted to be a, this sort of Jungian therapist. Yeah. And so he left and did it. And he said, everyone thought I was an idiot. He yeah, lost yeah, friends. Yeah. People said, what are you thinking? You don't, you don't leave a yeah. position as a tenured professor. But something in him was saying, no, this is the way. And right. I, I just got to respond. I just oh, got to respond. All these things that were held up as the goal yeah. can become prisons with the handle on the inside. Like yeah. the lock is on the inside of the door. <laughs> yeah, and you can see this happening yeah. culturally. The number of things that were held up as the goal, people going, yeah, I did that. Yeah, there's a, the, the shift that's happening right now, like deep in the bones of the world is so massive. It's so huge. We're, we're only on the front end of the, what a whole, it's almost like a background frequency that everything was running on that is done. Mm. It's just Done. <laughs> it's so done. <laughs> so, I, so I, I think the questions you're asking are wonderful because a whole, so many people are going. Wait, it actually might work way different than I was taught, and and it's really, really important when for people like to know. Yeah, yeah, that sense you have, like, and so because so many of us, we have the voices on our shoulder from well-meaning parents, authority figures, other professors who are tenured. Those voices are so loud. And it's like we're pack animals, tribal. It's like mm. in the cells, like you go out on your own, you get eaten. It's it's 100% normal to be 
like replaying your whoever's voices in your head when you're thinking about some of this. You know what I mean? People yeah. are like, why am I still thinking about, why, I still have my father's voice. Yeah, Star Wars, our father's voices, kind of loud. You know what I mean? Yeah, our yeah. mother's fears or whatever. Like, it's 100,000% normal to have that stuff rattling around in there. <laughs> it's just when something is rising within you with such intensity or volume or force or love or seduction that you're like you just learn to trust it and, and, and the reorientation <laughs> of realizing we're not we're not running the show that to me that's the that's such a pivotal shift right? we're always responding to something else absolutely so it comes to us i always the analogy i'm using at the moment it's like a high school dance and you've got like like life reaches out the hand first and it's up to us we don't have to step onto the dance floor we yeah, can no. stay on the side yeah that's why it's really important right 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 but the invitation comes to us and the question is are you going to respond yeah there'll be yeah people might think that's a weird thing to do that's risky what are you thinking yeah you've blown it up yeah but how else would you want to live yeah and you think about people are like well i mean not everybody's going to go live in a van and some people have to actually yeah 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 of course of course like um I'm th- i keep thinking about because i sit here for two days once a month Mm. Um, and do these events. Like I can think of a CEO of a company who was here a couple times ago and he was having this really profound experience about it wasn't go leave. He lives in a very conservative area. He's got a, whatever, 120 employees. He works... Uh, He's like located in a very specific time and place doing this thing. But what's so fascinating is there was nothing about, like, I'm going to get a place in Hawaii, I'm going to grow organic avocado. You know, there's no like, I'm gonna be bar- he, he lives in a cold climate of very conservative people and he was very straightforward about it. But it was so fascinating because when I, like, I work with people one after another and then people are like interacting with each other, you could see he was rethinking how to be the owner of a, like what does it mean to be a business owner? What kind of space could I create for my employees and their families? Like, um, so sometimes when people start realizing, oh, this is like a playing field. It's like a game. Like you can, it immediately is like, well, I guess I got to go far away and do something exotic involving no shoes on. But (laughs) you know what I mean? It it gets this sort of ridiculous. Um, or I remember another, like, or, uh, there was a neurosurgeon. There was a guy whose job, he works for a local government and his specialty is speed bumps. <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, somebody has to be thinking about driver safety. Somebody has to be thinking about how fast people drive in residential areas. Like, but we were watching him like almost like fine tune an entirely different way to understand his life. Yeah. So, yeah. Oftentimes people get fixated on the outer form, like, well, then I just can't keep doing this. Maybe you gotta leave your job. Yeah, fine. But I've seen just as many people go, there's actually an entirely different way to do this thing I've been doing. You know what I mean? Like I could hold this completely, like a completely different animating energy. That might be really fun. Oh, wow. So I've just seen that so many times to know the new world doesn't, always require some radical no one got it but i all these sort of (laughs) hyper dramatic narratives about and then i 
walked out of that. It it can just be often the, the most grounded, centered, calm. Let's try a little this a little differently. Let's try that a little differently. Mm. And that's so different to, because I think maybe what scares us off making big calls, certainly what scares me off making the big calls is the the views about how it's going to end, right? So You have no idea. Yeah. So I think if I do that thing, then I'm making a 50-year decision, you know? Oh, I, goodness. <laughs> there's, uh, is that, there's such a thing. Yeah. Literally, the number of people, you, you, <laughs> you started as a comedian. Yeah. The number of people I've worked with who are writers, well, well, Prob- the, the reason they came is I want to write this memoir about my life, but I'm afraid that if I tell the real story, I'm going to hurt all these people in my life because it's going to get public and I'm going to air it. And I always, always just say, have you written the memoir? And mm. every single person, uh, no. <laughs> Are you looking on this? See, I knew, I knew, I knew these. You're right. It's a joke within a joke yeah, within a joke. It's incredible. You're that like so not much. taking step. Yes. There's this radical. I'm gonna. I'm gonna find my voice and speak my truth. Mm. And you're not doing like step one because of step seven. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like a. Yeah. <laughs> tell you what. Yeah. Quietly, without telling anyone, start typing, and see what actually comes onto the page. Let's, let's let's just start there. <laughs> That's incredible. You know what I mean? There's I like a that. there's a. <laughs> uh, you speak a, a lot uh, or a bit lately, and there's a brilliant Robcast you did on this about the pings. Um, yeah. Sort of almost like viewing our soul as a bit of a radar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listening out for what pings. So hey, when I'm with that person, things feel wonderful. When I'm doing yeah. this thing, yeah, things feel wonderful. When I'm in that sort of a, you know, when I'm outdoors, I feel more. Something in my soul is, is pinging here more right. than when I'm indoors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you look back and you're like, whoa, that's actually a pattern. Yeah. It's like a trend. Like anytime yeah. I get near whatever, the, whatever it is, something like comes alive. Oh, interesting. And, and it's so fascinating to me, the constructed lives we build that are so far from the pings. <laughs> so far from the pings. I yeah. think about a friend who, who just went through a breakup a little while ago and we were all shocked by the breakup. And I went to see him and I said, what happened? And I thought you guys, you looked so good on paper together. And he said, that was the problem. I got into it because we looked so good on paper. My heart wasn't, wasn't going. He, to use the language, it wasn't pinging. That wasn't, the radar wasn't going there. He felt it was something he should do, not something he was. A know. sensible person who looks like me. Yes, <laughs> exactly. The avatar in the video game that has my <laughs> cartoon face right. would make this move. Right, right. <laughs> And I see this working at a school so often, um, how often people will come through and they're amazing in science or they're amazing in, in business or whatever it might be. And so the expectation is, well, that's who you're here to be. Off you go. No matter what's going on inside of them, no matter what's pinging and what isn't, there's just this sense of, it's almost like we're cast into a role that, that we never, if we came from a blank slate, that was never who we were here to be. We didn't show up to be that person, but yeah. And there's two things there. You're pointing out something. Like, yeah, you're so right on. Because you're good at something, and it helps people, might be, might truly be the worst reason to do it. <laughs> because it it might right, actually right, right. completely disconnect you from your center, your your heart. Because that's debt, duty, and obligation. 
like I, there's this thing I do and, and I'm, I'm, I'm good at it. I guess it helps people. So I guess, um, that, that is like organizing your entire life around an exterior might actually be the very reason. And I've, I've seen this a number of times, people who are like good at a thing and they get paid to sometimes the triple, I call the triple, you get paid to do it. You're good at it and it helps people. And so they're like, yeah, obviously this is what I, and then, well, then why did you just say that you're miserable? Mm. That, that those, that's, and sometimes developmentally, that's the goal. No way I could figure out, especially when you're younger, think about it when you're younger, what if there was something that you were good at and it really helped the world and you get paid at it? Awesome. Yeah. Like that's winning. So developmentally that might, might be like squad goals. Yeah. Yeah, That's what, that's what I'm shooting for. Then that very thing that at one point in your life was like the best possible way to conceive of a future life can become the very thing in the way of the next chapter. Mm. And, and expertise is the huge one I've noticed really trips people up. Yes, but I did that thing for 17 years and I have tremendous expertise. So the assumption is the next chapter, obviously, I'll uh, utilize all that expertise, which goes back to an inner capitalist, which is all about production, efficiency, and profit. Uh, maybe not. Maybe you acquired that expertise to do that for 17 years. And now you're going to do something else that you know nothing about. Mm. And you'll have beginner's mind and wonder and awe and you'll be bright eyed and like, I don't know, that will be where the joy is. The idea <laughs> that the expertise has to convert into the next thing. Yeah. Um, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. Do you know there's a radio announcer in Australia who was the number one in, in the city of Brisbane. He was a, a bit of a, a superstar in that area. And um, he, he quit by his own accord and got into, uh, seriously, into model trains. Model <laughs> trains <laughs> became his thing. And he started yeah. a model train club. And he's sure. happier than he's ever been. Sure, right. He's here to do model trains. Yeah. He could have earned another, you know, half a million dollars a year for a few more years on, on big time radio. <laughs> but he wanted to make model trains. <laughs> yeah. And the idea, the idea, well, because you're good at a thing, then obviously you do that till you die, yeah. is like a, a strange sort of death sentence as opposed to like all of yeah. creation and the natural order around us. There's a season and then there's a next season and then there's a next season and then there's a next season and they may have similarities and they may also be vastly different. One's hot and one's cold ones, whatever. What did it feel? <laughs> Model <laughs> trains. That's a good one. That's a swerve. That's great. I love it. What did it feel like um, when you packed up the car in LA for the last time to, to move to Ohio? What was that day like? Like, oh, yeah, we've done this before. Yeah, it was great. I have so much affection for Los Angeles. I've always, since I was a kid, loved Los Angeles. And living in the middle of Los Angeles for all those years was like, God, it was awesome. So it was like so much affection. Like, this was great. And actually, the boys had both moved out. We have 25-year-old and 23-year-old boys and then a 14-year-old daughter. And so it was she and I and the dog. And my, Kristen was in the other car and she had, she was doing something else and then meeting us up here. So it was Violet and I and the dog and like, like that was where it was the five of us under that roof for all those years. And then it was like, yeah, we're moving to Ojai, the three of us and the dog. So it was like the end of an era. I remember that. I remember closing the, like the gate, the, to the sidewalk behind me and 
driving away and <laughs> yeah 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 it's like those moments you don't forget yeah. and it's great because violet was 13 that was last year so she my daughter were like she's got a playlist going in the car and you're like i wonder what your new school will be like i wonder who, if we'll make friends i wonder like all that yeah, yeah yeah it's very it's very it's like a tender when you do these sorts of when you're following it something very tender and innocent about it just trying to make your way in the world this is gonna be a weird question but there's a reason i want to ask it if <laughs> if you had to give a a percentage as to how sure you were that it was the right move at that time how oh uh, we don't i don't ever i wouldn't ever think about it in those categories okay okay because it seems like it would uh in my experience right would imply is this the right or the wrong move and that wouldn't I would, this is what we're doing okay Sure. The, so, the, the reason I ask is I feel like people are often waiting for the 100% certainty. They're waiting for almost like a flashing neon sign that says this way before they take before we take the step. That's a classic example where, so you're looking for just tell me how to be certain. And I'm saying, no, your addiction to certainty and even to right and wrong is what is asking to collapse. Not you just need a better method or technique. <laughs> Does it, you see what I'm saying? Gotcha. It, it is it. is not how do I play the game better. It yeah, is yeah, yeah. let the game catch on fire and be reduced <laughs> to ashes so that you can actually be free. So that you, so that's part. So yeah, you're listening and you, and then you're moving and you like if it's yeah. So so that right. Well, those wouldn't even be categories. It's just um, this is what we're doing. There's this um, Mary Oliver poem, West Winds 2, where she says, when you sense the familiar pounding of your heart and you sense ahead the plunges and the falls, row in that direction. Yeah. And I, I love that idea that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, like we were rowing in this direction. Yeah. So, the once again, it's the enslavement of the mind that how will I know? Well, we're in bodies in time and space, so your brain having it all arranged was never the goal. Mm. Like, and so the person's like, I need 100% certainty, certitude that it's the right thing. Well, first off, that implies past, present, future, so that needs linear time. Mm. So a lot of people, the real issue is a warped sense of time. I need to know now in my brain that a thing in the future will be whatever, good, right, perfect, pleasing, satisfying, so I right now demand to be outside of time. So it's actually a denial of the body simply present here and now. Mm. It's the dominance and addiction of the mind. So all you have is this skin bag, this lovely <laughs> thing, meat suit, you, yeah. and this I who's here. That's, all you, that's what you get. Yeah, <laughs> that's and what you get all the and and you're right that all the various scenarios we play out of how it could go what if i what if i missed out on that what stuck if, in the future yeah and you have a you're not what, here you are not here so yeah. Yeah, like if you sat with me under these trees with people you'd watch the person's not here not here they're not there but what if and but in the past they're stuck with but last time i started a business it didn't or but if i write the book and then i share it, it would be like and then you'll just watch the person find this moment 
and it the clarity is always 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 you can watch having watched literally thousands of people the moment when a person becomes present and realize they have everything they need and they always have for this moment yeah. and i've seen it a hundred percent of the time oh oh like just oh i could do that i've had people argue with me but rob i could do that next yeah yeah, yeah. and i i always laugh and go what a wonderful bonus that being you is something you could actually do <laughs> but it's so yeah. i'm telling you it is and you're going to see um, what's the, what's the, there's always a thing right now. What's the thing right now? Cold plunges. What's the, there's always a thing. That's the thing that all the smart people are like, this is the hack. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. but I would say in the next five to 10 years, the thing every people will be talking about like crazy will be time. Because if you look right now, like at physics and you look at what we're, we're now understanding about what time even is and how it isn't what anybody thought it was hmm. and how it's, so much of the angst and anxiety and malaise of the modern world is about a warped relationship with time. Hmm. So you even think about just really basically worry is stuck in the future. Regret is stuck in the past. Yeah. What yeah. happened or what might happen. Um, so as people become more and more in their bodies and as minds get quieter and calmer, a whole huge giant structures won't work anymore. Capitalism, the uh, the obsession with greater returns. Well, next year we need to make more money than we did last. Why? Because the returns need, why? Because the investors need a greater return next year. Why? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's all actually a warped relationship with time. Even the industrial revolution, you think about yeah. things operate to seasons and all of a sudden there's a work week. What's a work week? Well, hours are worth certain units of money. Well, wait, time equals stuff? Wait, <laughs> time didn't equal stuff in the past. The olives are ready, so we harvest the olives. <laughs> yes. Are the olives done being harvested? Yes, all right, let's have a feast. You know what I mean? It was all, it was moved with the rhythms of creation, and suddenly units of time equated with amounts of dollars, which equated with what you could buy with those dollars. So, uh, yeah, all this is collapsing and just devastating form around us. That's yeah. fine. Painful and fine because it's how we get to the new world. So one God, of the, that was a long. That was wonderful thing. No, but it's <laughs> but it's so. I think it's Sue, who, who's one of the other hosts of this podcast, who hasn't come on the around the world trip. She uh, she often says life will always out, and I love that idea that almost what's breaking down at the moment is almost life saying you can't run it that way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> how did you ever think you could run it that way? Yeah, that's uh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Eat the fruit that's in season. Yes. You said the olives yes. are in yes. season. Listen. Look, yes. Mm -hmm. The olives are here. Mm -hmm. Go go have some olives. Yeah. Enjoy the and you're olives. crashing into a wall so that you... Yeah. Good. It's good. Can I just, as we move towards wrapping up, one of my favorite parts of the, the novel, I kept taking uh, photos on my phone of passages I love the most. And there's a, a speech um, by Borns the Baker that uh, I just adored about when we're feeling all these different senses of the way forward and maybe torn between different directions and not sure what to do. Bourne says, uh, love must be incarnated in space and time. <laughs> and to do that, love must empty itself of its infinite, boundless formlessness in order to be present in bodies between people. In these people we choose to love is the limitless vastness of the universe. We die to everything else we could do and everywhere else we could be in order to love the ones we're with here and now. 
It is the death of all those other futures that makes the present the world-opening wondrous gift that it is. <laughs> Heartbreaking and maddening, but wondrous. <laughs> I mean, that's just... <laughs> yeah, I hope you gave yourself the afternoon off after you wrote that paragraph, Rob. <laughs> I just love Bournes because he... Apparently, he like spent his childhood in a hut reading. Yes, yes. So, he just bakes bread, but then every once in a while, he busts out these soliloquies, and he <laughs> is like, where does this stuff come from? And he's like, I read lots of books. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I love that. And this is, I mean, really, what we're talking about is so much the character of Heen, what he's always discerning in the book is, is almost the way th- he thinks, uh, thinks things should work, the way forward he should take, that he's supposed to take. And something in him keeps leaning in another direction. And, and he's like narrating it for you. He's like narrating yes. his own consciousness. Like, yes. wait, what am I? I'm staying at a distance from my, I notice, but I don't see. Like he's having all these realizations. <laughs> yes. And I love that. I love when he's like, yeah, I go back for the trainings and I'm like, I'm, so, I'm like, he's wondering if he's the best in the universe at his job. Yeah. Like he's like, yeah. these chumps. He's like, I'm, it's like, I actually think I'm, I think I'm like the best. And then Nunye shows up and she's like, I mean, I read your report and they say you're good, but like, you're like, t- it's shocking how incompetent you are. <laughs> yes. I keep laughing where, yes. uh, uh, when that started, when that dynamic started to arise and yeah. I was like, oh, let's, she's just going to keep going. My God, they really don't tell you a thing. Do you, it really? <laughs> Uh, it's it's wonderful, and the, the tension in him of a sense of who he was crumbling. Oh, absolutely! And something bigger emerging, and, and it's I think it's maybe this is how it works always. But as a reader, you're reading it thinking it's so obvious. Step into this life that life's <laughs> right, calling right, you into. Right, right. Because he keeps because he's used like they when they start having in the bakery when they're having discussions about their actual lives, yeah. and he's like, yeah, this is all the stuff that I would just. Avoid. So when when, when Borns says to uh, Zigame, like, has Philippe died yet? And Heen's like, no, I just saw him the other day. Like, he's completely, con- <laughs> he's like starting to feel and starting to enter into actual conversations of substance, but he still has a little, he still has, yeah. no, I just saw him the other day. He's trying to be helpful. And he's like, <laughs> Uh, and it's such a such an enjoyable read on that front. And I think it probably is always easier to see this in other people's lives. I mean, you mentioned earlier that you've spent decades being this permission giver, um, going around saying, you love that Ugh. thing, do it. You love right. that person, Yeah, right. It. Oh, God, Rob Bell, seriously, stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but it's one, like how, in a sense, from you just step outside your own story a little bit and the way forward can seem so obvious. You go, oh, I love that thing. Absolutely. Why am I? Why yeah. am I making this more complicated? Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In the same way, almost reading a, a, a character from the outside, you can go, "This is so obvious." Step into it. It yeah. made me then think, "Step back, Dom. Look at your own life. Yeah, what's so obvious that you love that's calling you forward that you are just so many layers deep <laughs> yeah. of mental narratives that yeah, you've yeah, lost yeah. it. You know, mm-hmm. you've mm-hmm. lost it along the way. There's a guy. There was a guy here who, uh, he had a. He he ran a team of engineers, and he said, my schedule is I'm troubleshooting all day long in charge of all these complex systems. I have all these people who report to me, and he said, I'm mostly, most of the day, I'm triple booked. So my calendar is three appointments for the same hour, and then the next hour, three more appointments, and I'm just assuming I can pull it all off. And you could hear him talking about his job overseeing engineers and this 
giant multi-billion dollar enterprise that he was like somewhere in the organizational chart of. But what's, and you, and it's, you could watch the group listening to him talk because, um, but you could tell this was like a, an incredibly empathetic, tender human being. I was like, you actually just want to be with people. And he's like, oh, if someone's in my office and they're having a difficult time and I can just sit with them, it's the best in the world. And you can see that somewhere along the way, this guy was trained to like run systems, but he just wants to like walk with people through difficult things. Like you could just, it was so clear. Yeah. And there was this moment, because once again, I have no answers. I'm just observing you and just holding up a mirror to you. But the group, you could see the group realizing, obviously the guy's in the wrong position. But I was like, do you know what hospice is? He's like, no. He's like, well, this is like people who s sit with and take care of people who are dying. Or do you know that most hospitals have like, an, like, a, like a care off, like a chaplain's office? So your job is to float around the hospital and be with people in difficult circumstances. And the guy starts crying like, that's a job? That's a job. <laughs> it was like this moment, what you're saying. Yeah. He's like, that's what I love. Yeah. yeah. He's like, give me somebody who's a wreck. And I, I'm so happy. I could just be with them hmm. and just walk with them. Oh, he's like, but literally, a group of people are watching this guy go, I'm a, like, I've always loved that. But he's, the group, people are like, do you know there's also a job called, people are like informing him that this is a thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, you can actually get paid and get benefits and get vacation and stuff and, and be like a, whatever, hospice chaplain, whatever, whatever. And the guy, you can see this very, very smart, educated, accomplished man going, really? Like, like, Really? Yeah. It was like it was like childlike. Like that's a job. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, and childlike's a great analogy. It's fantastic. Right? Because when you yeah. when you are six or seven, if you if you're bored of playing that game, you go play a different game. Yeah. You don't think, well, but I've already set the equipment up, and I've been here for twenty minutes, and I've learned how to play the game. I really no, should give right. more time to the game. You just go play a different game. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go do something else. You just go hang out with different people if you mm -hmm. don't enjoy the ones you're hanging out. I'll go with. be a chef. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go right. I'll get a job in retail. I'll go, right. go do something else. Yeah. It's so instinctive. Mm -hmm. And we lose that instinctive yeah. draw. So you can see lots of people are rediscovering this. Yeah. Even pandemic, a number of the number of people who were just killing themselves to keep their operation, whatever, pay the bills, whatever, afloat. Mm -hmm. And the pandemic comes, and for many people like who their work shut down and somehow there was still food and a roof. They were like, wait a second. <laughs> I, I, it was, there was an altered state, like like psychedelic dimension to that experience for many people because it was like, wait, what is reality when the reality that I was convinced was the reality is put on hold in many ways and I'm still here? Yeah. So, so I yeah. think for a lot of people, the neurons just took a beating. Because they were like, well, then what is, and then just go down the list, home, work, production, efficiency, lazy, all the, all those words that are like, I want that, I don't want to be called that, all these things that got programmed into us. Mm. You're seeing, even now, the effects of it, <laughs> it, the, the, like, it, it etch a sketch the whole thing. Yeah. It's fascinating to see. So if people are right now driving to work, walking the dog, maybe um, 
rowing. I don't know where people <laughs> listen to podcasts. Rowing <laughs> in a particular direction. <laughs> and they're, they're thinking, yeah, I know. I, I, I am aware that that person, that relationship, that thing, that project, that place is calling me. It's, it's bringing me alive in some way. But their mind is immediately jumping to all the but statements. But then it might fail. But then people might think this. But yeah, I would, I would immediately be, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, like, like, don't, like, somebody who's like, oh, no, yeah, yeah, people, yeah, everybody might hate you. I don't even know what that means, but, like, <laughs> you might end up in a van down by the river eating cat food. Like, the, the, like, sort of assurance, let's not, like, I'm, I don't, yeah. we don't do insurances here. Yeah. If you did follow that, you would follow that. If you did follow that curiosity, you would, I can only imagine, learn a number of things. You might learn that you hate it. You might get no's right away. You might do that thing and then nobody wants to eat in your restaurant and you have to shut it down after nine months and do something else. Mm. Yeah, of course. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. And, and then at that point, you can either beat yourself up or you can be like, well, wasn't that interesting? Now I don't have that question. Yeah. Oh, what, what fascinating. We tried that and, huh, look at that. Yeah. It's the what if questions that haunt, not the... Yeah. Kristen and I, one time, we, uh, Kristen and I, we lived in a house for nine months in an area of town where, like, she couldn't walk around safely. It was not a safe because we, we, like, what if we lived in an area where for us, for the kids, like that was just completely different than any other kind of area. What would, what would we learn about the world? We lasted nine months. And we're like, yeah, we, we got to get out of here. Sure. Yeah. I don't know what, what, was, what, you know, like, was that a success? Was that a failure? Was that a, I remember finding out that our, some people a couple doors down their uh, plumbing system had shut down. So they had just been using their backyard as a bathroom. Hmm. So like you call the plumber and they're like, I want to give you an address. Will you please go and fix whatever needs to be fixed? Like you try to be that person and like you just try things. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's playful. <laughs> like I, like I could just, when I look back, it's like story after story after story of things that we tried that I remember in two, what year was it? I got my own television show and we filmed two episodes and I remember watching one of the episodes being like, yeah, this is, this isn't good. This isn't very good. Right, right, this is okay. kind of crap. The Rob Bell show. I think the Rob Bell show is kind of crap. <laughs> it got canceled after one episode. <laughs> the agent called and he was like, "Yeah, they're tearing up the entire deal. It's over." One ep one episode aired of the until. <laughs> Do you see? What I, you see what I mean? I remember watching the first footage and being like, right. "Yeah, it doesn't really work." And I don't even know why. And I remember at the time not even know if I cared. She's like, "Okay." Apparently, that's what it's like to have your own TV show. <laughs> <laughs> so that goes back to your original question. I, at some point, you just hold it all differently. Yeah. Yeah. I love and, the, and then, to add to that, and then this book, I've never, the interactions with you here today, yeah. I've never had of anything I've done in 30 years of work, nothing comes close to the interactions I've had with people about this book. Yeah. Wow. No film, no sermon, no nothing 
it was like, oh, that was black and white, and this is color, or that was 2 or 3D, and this is like 9D. The experience of interacting with people about this story. So who who knew? Hmm. I, I, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like oh, I, totally, I, totally. Uh, yeah, so that's why. It's so much more fragile and uncertain than, than we think. You just... <laughs> and if you make peace with that, yeah. it becomes electric I, in a whole different oh, kind of way. I love your... I've heard you say before, responding to the, all the fears that come up with those you said earlier with, I know, but... Oh, smile. But with a smile. Yeah, like, I, like... You smile and you say to your fear, you know, <laughs> this could not work. You could spend hours and hours and days and years on this and it could never go anywhere. You could... I know. <laughs> Like you just love your fear. You thank you, fear. Thank yeah. you for doing your job. That's what you're here for. The stove is hot. Knives are sharp. Yeah. Cars drive fast. Thank you. You're doing your job. I appreciate. I know. <laughs> I know. It's it's true. That's true. Yeah. Thank you, fear. You did your job. Now go have a smoke. I'll just keep going along here and. Yeah. 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 <laughs> mm, that's. I just think it's it's the only stepping following that voice following that thread. Yeah, stepping in. It's the, well, it's it's certainly a much more interesting way to live. Oh my god, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I came over here. I've I I came here today to talk to you. I have no idea what you'd want to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> how fun is that? Yeah, I have no good. idea what what, you, what you'd see in that book or where it would take us. How great's that? Yeah, yeah. What else are we doing here? <laughs> and even Heen in the book, how he he initially chooses a life out of grief. And, and, and a desire oh, to escape grief. That's his first... Just get me out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how relatable that is that people might choose mm. a path trying to get away from something else. And and then the authentic pull, the authentic lure, the authentic sort of magnetic draw comes later in the book. Yeah, and it's interesting because two friends who are both in publishing, who I really love and respect, read the first draft, which is 750 pages, and they were like... They're like, the action doesn't really ha- kick in till Nunez shows up late in the book, as it is now. Sure. And both of them had a really good note. They were like, your readers, they're s- the front end is so long and massive. You probably should start when Nunez shows up. Otherwise, like plot, action, stuff happening. There's there's a conflict. There's crises. Like there's a graining. Who's going to die? Like what's that? And I remember sitting with that note and realizing, no, you got to meet this guy when he's young. Yes. And you have to go with him for decades. Yeah. So by the time he begins to feel... And he, and he begins to realize, I was like, oh, as he begins to narrate for you the feeling of being numb and starting to feel, a reader will either come along or not, that's fine. But if you do come along, then when, when, when he lands on Furtis and he starts to get pulled in, I remember thinking, I will know, knew it was happening to me and telling it, I think that like there's a chance that people would find themselves getting pulled in. Um, yeah. 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 That's what, that's how it felt when I was writing it, which, Oh, 
That's what we're doing here. Oh, okay. <laughs> and there's spaceships so and some people might die and uh, just a bunch of other stuff and some government stuff. But like, this is, a, I remember distinctly, it was New Year's of 21, 22. Oh, it's a feeling. That's what this is. Got it. So where'd you park your spaceship? It is book one, Welcome to Furtis. It's book one of the series. Is there a sequel on, on its way? Can I ask you that? Yes. Okay. I I have a long-standing, I, like I never talk about what I'm working on because that per, we don't want to be that person. Sure. So I've just tried over the years, like just, hey, it's out. But then as soon as I put book one, I was like, oh, dude, you're breaking your own rule. You're like, you're just basically saying, yeah, there's more coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. And that was what had part of the experience that was so trippy was right away in book one was like, oh my God. The, like the arc wasn't just book one. I was like, oh, then we're going to need to go here. Then we go, okay, so that would be book huh. one. Like it all of a sudden became like a larger thing and it just kept going out there might even bobby freelance might write a f- self-help book you know oh, called gosh. you just I, got bobby freelance i would love a, a bobby freelance spin um born's wife <laughs> yep is a is a thrival guide so she's a doctor um but when you go to be her patient you she has a little pamphlet that you read that is her perspective on how she understands health so th- that pamphlet might become available who knows amazing <laughs> as it, just sort of ancillary to the main books who knows <laughs> oh, I love it. But again, this is this is the whole thing. It's like you think you're doing one thing, Robel, and then surprise, <laughs> life's calling you in a different direction. Heen thinks he's doing one thing, surprise, life calls him in a different direction. And I kind of think that's how brilliant that life works like that. Yes. How brilliant mm-hmm. that we're in a, a reality mm-hmm. in which we're constantly surprised and going that way, that Absolutely. person, that thing. Yeah, and Heen's in for a thing. And then, well, this is... This is going way too far, but there was an interview a month ago or so talking with a yoga teacher in Texas, like talking with you. It was yep. wonderful. And all of a sudden, because I, I knew I could, I remember I, okay, we, I know where Heen's going. That would be book four. Okay. But all of a sudden I realized what has to happen. And it was like. Oh my God, of course, that's what has to happen. Yeah. And I remember having, like in the interview, all of a sudden realizing, oh, wait, wait, you're in an interview, keep talking. But, oh, he, oh, oh my word. <laughs> I'm, I'm, and then. <laughs> it's almost like the story comes to you rather than oh, from I'm, you, right? re, you. If you enjoyed reading it, imagine me enjoying it. I enjoyed yeah, reading it. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy it first. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm waiting for the uh, TV adaptation. I've been cast. Oh, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> When the, you casting it? Yeah, yeah. I've had those thoughts. I was like, who would be in? Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, it is uh, an amazing read, Rob. I'm so glad that life has surprised you in taking you in this direction. Yeah. And it surprised me and brought me to Ojai to have a conversation about I it. I love so, it. What a brilliant thing. Thank you so much. People got to got to go get a copy of this. Um, get to Ojai as well for the two days if you can. And, uh, and I can't wait for uh, books two, three, four, and however many more there are. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rob. Thank you.